The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Citizen, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Dimitri Rejasinger. What's happening, Central City? And Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Central City. Welcome back. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 7, Episode 12, which was titled Goodbye Vibrations and aired on June 8, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Cisco and Camilla tell the team they're leaving Central City. However, Barry, Iris, and Caitlin don't have much time to digest the news because a new version of Rainbow Raiders Strikes and OG Team Flash must join together one final time to save the city. Before we get into the recap, this was the series wrap for Carlos Valdez as Cisco Ramon. Uh, Full disclosure, we know he'll be back for the final two episodes of the season to help deal with the big bad. But still, for the purposes of this episode, it's goodbye vibe. Rations. Oh, hey, I get the title now. Carlos was an original member of Team Flash, one of the OG, and the overall theme of the episode was saying goodbye to him. Without going into the details of the episode, let's talk about Cisco's role in the show over the past six seasons. And whether you think this episode worked as a goodbye. Dimitri, what do you think about uh, this being, you know, theoretically our our final uh, dose of, of Cisco Ramon? I will say I do think this was the best episode in a while. Now, quality has fallen sharply on this show. So um, that isn't saying a whole lot. But I do think um, given how just sort of strange some of the decisions have been on this show, uh, press came out about, uh, you know, Cisco's departure and Carlos Valdez said, oh, my departure is going to be kind of goofy and I really like that it's going to be that way. Uh, and I was just thinking, oh, dear God, uh, this show is so goofy sometimes by accident. I, I'm scared to see what they do on purpose. But I do think this was a nice return to the sort of quirkiness of the uh you know, original uh, first, you know, two, three seasons where, you know, Cisco was such a big part of the humor that um, the fact that this episode had a humorous tone felt very fitting. I'm going to take that silence to assume you all agree. The professor has been stunned into silence. I just assumed Jeff was going to jump in as he usually does. Jeff, what did you think about uh, this episode as the goodbye for Cisco? And also what Dimitri was talking about, the idea of, you know, Cisco is sort of being, you know, at least for the first few seasons, the three good seasons, he was sort of, you know, the, the lighter, happier, funnier character. And he's still that to a certain extent, but it does seem like it's changed. Well, I would say I do enjoy an introduction. I'm not some rube. But um, to, to, to really echo what Dimitri said, uh, Dimitri has been gone for a minute. Now he's back with the jump off. And, uh, and 
I've, I actually co-sign with everything that he said. Uh, I thought they handled it in a very Cisco kind of way. Cisco has been the humor of uh, the series, especially in the beginning when the series was a little bit more comedic and quirky and goofy in a good way. Um, it was always Cisco. Cisco was making the jokes, making the cracks. He was always so light and fun until they decided to make him dark and murky for what was it like a season or something? Uh, his brother did die. I get it. But, um, but that was not the Cisco that we enjoy. We enjoy sort of light and breezy Cisco. Uh, the episode for the most part really handled that well. Uh, there's a plot point that just kind of, eh, but outside of the, eh, um, it was really nice. Like, they handled it really well. The thing that really kind of annoyed me, though, and it's kind of, it's sort of the same with Wells. It's like we're saying goodbye, but we're not really saying goodbye. I feel like if you're going to say goodbye to a character, you kind of have to let them disappear for a moment so that when they do show up again... It feels nice. It's like, oh my god, I miss this character so much. It's so great that they're back. He's going to be back in, what, like, five episodes? Like, that's not really a long time to, like, mourn Cisco, And then we're going to see him again, I guess. But for, for what this was, I thought they handled it well. It was a return to form a bit. So that's Jeff with the uh, argument that Carlos Valdez should not uh, be allowed to work and get paid for uh, anything for a period of time. Exactly. After leaving the show. Okay, Jeff, yes. you do you. That's what I said. Uh, Team Flash gathers at Star Labs. Cisco and Camilla announce they're leaving Central City. The good news whew, is they're not moving to Miami full time. Cisco is going to Star City to be the Argus Director of Technology and Science. Is that really better, Caitlin, though? Uh, Star City, well, yeah. Uh, Presumably there's still some vigilantes running around and wild dog is going to become mayor. So it might be an interesting time to be there. Uh, Caitlin and Barry don't react quite the way Cisco expects and seem almost happy. Uh, what did you think, Jeff, about the opening scene and where Cisco's heading to take that job? What uh, we talked about, you know, would Cisco thrive in an Argus type environment? Uh, what did you think about uh, the reveal of what his job is going to be? Well, you just triggered another ugh moment of the episode. How the fuck do you know people for many, many, many years and you're telling them we're leaving tomorrow? So I understand story purposes and it's supposed to create tension and drama and that sort of thing. But in real life, like that's how you lose friends, even though you're kind of losing a friend anyway because they're moving away. But it's like, how do you tell people you're just leaving? Um, so that was, it, it seemed ridiculous and convoluted, but it's a TV show. TV, TV shows are filled with uh, ridiculousness and convolutedness. As far as their reaction, their reaction was very weird, and I, I felt what Cisco was feeling. In the back of my mind, I was like, are they doing that trope where it's like they don't want to make them feel bad that they're leaving, and so they're thinking all positive and that sort of thing? It maybe was a little too much, because it almost made them seem... Um, almost like apathetic to the entire situation. So I think they they hammered that nail a little bit too hard. But um, it, it was a nice reveal because it was like the OG people finding out about Cisco first. And, and there was a little line about, well, should Allegra and Chester be here? And he was like, no, 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 you know, I want... 
my people. Although, there's never a time to say no to waffles. I'm just saying. Uh, Dimitri, I want to turn this around to you because Jeff brought up uh, something I wanted to talk about, which is the notion of a trope. Uh, but just to get us there, Cisco goes to pack his things and he's surprised to see Barry's already done it for him. Caitlin shows up, gives him a message from Frost, and then asks Cisco for his employee badge and his access codes. Um, what I wanted to address with you is the whole quote, leaving person feels they aren't going to be missed, unquote, is a lazy TV trope that I wish they'd avoided. How'd you feel about how it was played and uh, and sort of puncturing it uh, with the the scene with Caitlin asking for his uh, uh, his 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 uh, his key card, which is totally unnecessary because anyone can get in Star Labs anytime they want. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we've seen that since season two, basically um, season one, maybe. Um yeah, no, Star Labs has a has a open door policy um for everybody. With valet parking for supervillains. But um the I I disagree. I feel that given the sort of goofy tone of this episode, they could have easily gotten away with this trope, but they did it so poorly. And they did it so poorly in that Barry and Caitlin come off as jerks. And no, they come really off as assholes. Want the lead of your TV show to come off as a jerk. This is an arrow. So what I feel like if if it had been something like, oh, he thinks he isn't going to be missed, but they're secretly uh, preparing a surprise party, which uh, you know, um, he he hints at when he's in his like dazed happy mode he's like oh there's a surprise party isn't there and then he finds out there's no surprise party or even if they had cut away to a scene where barry and caitlin are like distraught but then they're like look we gotta we gotta put on a brave face for cisco we can't like you know um make him feel too bad about leaving this is a great opportunity let's fake being happy i think that would have been a much more endearing tone instead uh the uh we basically get this scene where Cisco like explodes and then they're like, Oh my bad. We, you know, forgot about your feelings after seven years together. Um, it just made no sense. Um, you know, a show that's so much, so much about, um, about a team. Um, we very often talk about like team flash. It's not a show like, again arrow or even black lightning where the uh main character is prone to going off on his own a lot it's um it's always uh sort of anchored by a team dynamic and for them to just forget to like show any sort of you know love for their og teammate just struck me as Again, something I've criticized for the writing for a few seasons now. Something that, like, somebody thought would make a good plot, but was disloyal to who these characters are. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that, uh, you know, it is a TV trope that I think they could have done better. Uh, but I agree that, you know, the way that uh, Barry and Caitlin uh, handled it, it just felt to, it, 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 you know, for them to react the way they did, they almost would have had to know about it beforehand so they could get their story straight. You know, we should have had a scene of them, you know, giving each other a meaningful glance or them talking to each other in the hall and, and getting their story straight that, you know, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to miss him, but, you know, we can't let him know because then he won't leave. Uh, I think you needed that 
explanation earlier in the episode. Otherwise, as you say, your lead character and, and Caitlin just come across as jerks. Uh, the only one who says something nice to him is, is Frost, curiously enough. Uh, Cisco takes Chester down to storage, shows him the various gadgets down there, sort of the greatest hits of Cisco's inventions over the years, uh, as well as a huge crate of T-shirts. Um, Cisco gives everything except T-shirts to Chester, uh, and that gives us a, a brief trip down gadget memory lane. Uh, given that this was Cisco's farewell, this was one of a few recap scenes uh, that we got. Uh, so for those of us who've been watching from the beginning, Jeff, how do you think the, uh, the sort of flashback type scenes, those you know, uh, basically fan service for us to remember uh, the times with uh, with Cisco as much as anything else. How do you think they worked? I thought they worked well. I mean, it made the most sense because he's the one that makes the gadgets. So it would make the most sense to, like, you know, set a scene with him with all of his creations. So that worked for me. Later on, where we actually got the flashbacks, that worked as well. Um, it was a nice little trip down memory lane. I really liked seeing Chester geek out like throughout the entire episode about the fact that he's basically going to be the Cisco for the team. And and he does actually get a moment to be the Cisco for the team in the episode, which was really nice. Uh, I thought they really tried to hammer in the Chesco thing this episode a lot. And I have been a fan of them. I, I know that Dimitri has kind of bitched about, you know, would they really be this tight this soon and that sort of thing. Um, in this episode, I, I, I did feel a little Dimitri-ish. Because I was like, why are they, like, hammering in the Chesco thing when they haven't been together as much? They do have fantastic chemistry, and the times that they have been together has been TV magic. But uh, I, I didn't... I don't, I don't know if I necessarily felt like they really needed to um, have those two paired up a lot in this episode when it should have been focused on Cisco and the OG team. Uh, meanwhile, this week's Meta strikes, but technically doesn't steal anything as the bank employee just gives her $10 million. Uh, we find out this is Rainbow Raider 2.0, someone who manipulates people by making them feel euphoric. Uh, we later find out she's well-intentioned because she wants to give the money she steals to other people. Uh, Dimitri, what'd you think about Raider 2.0? Um, she was an interesting character. I I think the fact that she's well-intentioned, um was like sort of further um intrigued me i thought you know with the way she sort of confronts him uh in the in the blimp that we were gonna have an opportunity to really explore an interesting issue um and an issue that's so timely she talks about real help which is the help that starts after you leave um, and this is something we've explored in really interesting ways in things like uh, Captain America Civil War. You know, what happens after the hero leaves? You know, what is the effect of a hero on, on society? Um, and, you know, with the COVID pandemic and the resulting, you know, economic downturn, that's a, a situation that resonates or a complaint that resonates with a lot of people, you know, um, one-time sort of help in the form of the stimulus checks, you know, really wasn't doing much. And, you know, it was sort of the recurring aid that people needed. And to some degree, a, a lot feel they still haven't received. 
And so I I was very disappointed that the Flash is like, so you're right, but no, but I'll get you an internship. Like, it, it, it was such a disappointing resolution to what was such a interesting and well-presented issue. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about uh, the Raider? Yeah, I, didn't, I really didn't see it the way Dimitri did. Um, he, like, I was following him along to a point, but then I, I, he lost me. Um, I liked her. Uh, I thought she was an interesting villain because she was a different style of villain. She she was basically a Robin Hood type of character, steal from the rich, give to the poor. Her idea was interesting and did make sense. Uh, we always talk about like when these shows tackle real-life issues. How are they going to tackle it? Is it going to be cheesy? Is it going to be preachy? Is it going to actually... Uh, fit in with whatever storyline they're involving it in. And I thought they actually handled the real world issue well. She was able to talk about like income inequality and it seemed natural. Like it didn't seem too forced and it it didn't seem too preachy. So I liked that. Um, The outcome, like I didn't mind, you know, because Okay, I get her idea. You're just going to toss out a whole bunch of money when you see a whole bunch of people coming out of a a sports game. Um, That's going to be very dangerous. She didn't really think ahead. Had she had a plan where maybe she did direct deposits into people's bank account, I think that would have been safer. That would have been a little bit more brilliant. And and that would have worked, although she did do a bad thing because she stole a whole bunch of money. Uh, the the end result with uh, them sort of like thwarting that plot that would have endangered people and her getting to work and actually become a policymaker, uh, I like that. Uh, I don't know why Dimitri didn't like it, but uh, she's actually going to do what they tell a lot of people to do. You know, get involved. You know, work at the local level and, uh, you know, become someone, a decision maker that will help your local community. And I thought that's how I interpreted what they were allowing her to do, the the opportunity that they were giving her. So I liked it. I I thought uh, it was a a nice outcome for her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all in favor of wealth. Oh, good, Professor. I was just going to say, I'm all in favor of wealth redistribution. I just don't think throwing jewelry at people from a hidden blimp is the best (laughs) way to do it. Well, there's that. I I hear that as well. I guess... I, I think, Jeff, it could have been um, uh, cooler. Like, you could have had the same end result, but, you know, position the blimp confrontation earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Then, um, you know, she gets arrested. It, it, while she's arrested, the Flash is sort of reckoning with his actions and sort of takes a look at, you know, what you know, what happens to, like, people who he saved from a natural disaster or, you know, the speed force wrecking half the city or whatever, uh, but who then, you know, ran out of money trying to rebuild their destroyed house or something. 
Um, and then is like, no, she had the right idea. She doesn't belong in jail. Um, and like tries to get Joe to talk to the mayor or something. Like the fact that she like confronts him, there's no like sort of reflection on what she said. And then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll get you in the mayor's office. I strongly advocate that people who think they have a, uh, good ideas on changing policy, pursue local office. I think that's a great thing for society. But this happens so fast and so effortlessly on Barry's part that it's kind of, it kind of felt like very, very light and hand wavy in the face of an issue that resonates so strongly in this time. Okay, I get where you're coming from, but my whole thing is, maybe I missed a line, and I could have. I know that you're making the um, the parallel between this storyline and Captain America Civil War. Did she at all mention that she's collecting the money because people you know, have been displaced because of superheroic type of stuff? Like, Did she correlate the Mirror Monarch... Because I don't think she did. I think she was just talking about, you know, people struggling in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I think not not so much that, like, she's handling the fallout from Barry's actions, but that, you know, I think, what does it mean to be a hero? And, you know, uh, it is, like, what does it mean to have saved people? Um, you know, if you're if you're not really, um, you know, providing them a, a, a sustainable life, you know, I think that would have been a very interesting conversation because that's that's something that we've seen so starkly this year. Right. The stimulus check versus increasing unemployment benefits like I think it, it was a great opportunity to reflect on, you know, her bringing up some valid points and you know, points that are really resonant right now. I'm sure this storyline is no accident. I'm sure it's meant to, you know, correlate with the times we're in. So I thought they could have had more of a conversation. And by more of a conversation, I don't mean more lines in the blimp, but, like, the storyline could have been more of a conversation around that. Well, I agree that they could have done more. I don't think this was the episode to do it in. Uh, because it was Cisco's goodbye, and I think you'd have to have an entire episode, and it would have to be a more serious toned episode mm-hmm. uh, to deal effectively uh, with that sort of issue. So I think maybe the mistake was trying to do that, you know, in, in a very sort of, you know, it's it's uh, it's Cisco's goodbye. So let's let's be goofy and fun. So let's have a you know a a blimp and someone tossing you know money to people and, and sort of you know it, it it almost feels like you know classic Flash's rogue gallery uh, from the 1960s, that sort of behavior. But I think you're right that there is a bigger question uh, to be asked and a bigger thing to be dealt with that they just didn't do it effectively. And I, for me, I just don't think this was the episode to be trying to do it in. They should have maybe done something else and, and saved that theme for you know an episode when they could have really gone into it. However, uh, getting back to the episode, we get to see how Raider's powers work after she blasts Cisco, leading to a euphoric Cisco and giving Carlos Valdez a chance to chew a little scenery for his uh, final episode. Air quotes around final. Jeff, how would you like the portrayal of euphoric Cisco? 
it was cutesy in a fun way. Like I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought Carlos Valdez did a fantastic job just being incredibly peppy and smiley and happy. Um, another character gets the chance to, to do that a little bit later on. Uh, it worked for me. Uh, I, I like seeing Cisco having fun. And as I referenced earlier, there was a moment in the series where Cisco was not having fun. And it was because they were taking him down a dark path. Um, not that he was doing anything bad, but, you know, just bad things happened around him. And, and then they finally got him into his OG groove, and it, it's been nice. And, and so seeing him go out with a sort of fun episode and, and allowing Cisco to have some fun was nice. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, it wasn't just Cisco because Cisco meddles with Barry's suit, which leads to Barry being euphorized by Rainbow Raider. Uh, so we got a brief scene of a euphoric Barry and Cisco acting goofy together before Chester can reverse the process. Dimitri, any thoughts on that scene, having the two OG Flash members, uh, you know, uh, goofing it up together? It was cutesy, but it felt unnecessary. I felt like the poker face scene whatever your opinions on the song um was a lot more poignant that's a classic um, because you know they were uh they were you know fully coherent um and it was a nice sort of you know friend bonding moment before he leaves um so i feel like you know you already had it with that you didn't need like both of them sort of extra loopy i feel like after a while it got slightly annoying can I just say the lead-up to Barry getting thwomped by Rainbow Raider was hella cringe to me. Like, I, it just, it went on for too long, and I was just like, I would have been hella pissed if that shit was me. Like, if if Cisco had done that, if I was Barry, like, I would have been so fucking pissed. Because it's like, how the hell do you, um, do, do you um, impede someone when they're trying to take down the baddie of the week, like, I just, yeah, I cringed throughout that entire, whatever it was, two-minute section of the episode. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, you know, while it was fun uh, watching uh, Carlos Valdez, you know, have fun with the character and, you know, his scene with, uh, with, with Caitlin and Barry was good. His scene with Chester was good. But, yeah, that scene... Uh, was just taking a little too far. It's like they couldn't decide between are you supposed to be just happy or are you supposed to be drunk or insane or uh, or what? But, you know, it was, again, it was some of those plot things that is necessary for Barry to turn around and get zapped, leading mm-hmm. to, you know, breakdancing Barry. Um, Cisco has a heart-to-heart with Barry and Caitlin who confess they really are sad to see him go. They were just putting on a brave face for his sake. So the lazy TV trope plays out exactly the way it always does, which is why it's such a lazy trope. Uh, Either of you, any thoughts on the reconciliation scene? I like the emotion that Barry brought. uh, But other than that, I, I mean, it kind of fell flat just because I didn't care for the trope. Uh, but there, it was there was a nice little moment between Barry and Cisco. I think had they taken this episode and done it a little bit differently, what they should have done, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, they should have handled all of uh, the baddie of the week within like the first thirty minutes, and then you know the last thirty minutes could have been like these heart to hearts with the cast individually, or maybe even, you know, the OGs together and then him and Chester and that sort of thing. And then, you know, it would have felt like a real goodbye 
for Cisco, but because they kind of put this Rainbow Raider plot and they sprinkled it throughout the episode like they usually do with the baddies of the week, it, it kind of hampered a bit with the emotions of um, the farewell. Because I think if they would have handled the Rainbow Raider thing first, I don't think we would have had... Uh, like, they could have completely removed the little TV trope of them. Oh, you know, we're pu- putting on a brave face. And then, like, the whole Cisco wondering if his friends care about him storyline would have been removed completely as well. So we could have had the baddie of the week for the first 30, and the last 30 would have been completely farewell to Cisco. I think that would have worked just a tiny bit better. I disagree. I feel like the the move would have been, you know, you could have taken that um, sort of emotion that you mentioned from when they finally reveal that they're just putting on a brave face, chop that up into a few moments. Um, and the example I'm thinking of that I think did this really well was fantastic for Rise of the Silver Surfer, um, which was two Fantastic Four movies ago and had Jessica Alba, who will always be the Susan Storm of my heart. But in that movie, uh, Sue uh, and Mr. Fantastic are talking about leaving. And as they're, you know, sort of figuring out what to do with that movie's big bad, their little interspersed moments of, I'm really going to miss you, or, you know, I wish you'd talk to me sooner and stuff like that. And then, you know, they sort of break away from those moments because they have to, you know, actually handle the big bad. And then towards the end, there's more of like a real resolution to that storyline. And I think that would have worked perfectly here. That's what I was hoping for. But that's not what we got. Just a quick disclaimer here. Uh, The opinions of Dimitri Wijasinger suggesting there's anything good about Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer do not reflect the opinions of the Central City Citizen uh, or PapaChulaRadio.com. Rainbow Raider has stolen a blimp. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but it's actually a stealth blimp. So who feels silly now? The best kind of blimp. Uh, She plans... As we said, to use it to distribute her ill-gotten gain by raining them from the sky, so Barry, Sisko, and Allegra set off to stop her. The blimp's piloting system is damaged, and it's headed for a football field packed with fans. So while Barry goes off to save all the people in the stadium, Sisko stays behind to regain control of the runaway blimp. Which he does, saving the day. Now, this wasn't Sisko's final scene, but it was the last we'll presumably see of him as Mecha Vibe, which is you know, an echo back to Sisko as Vibe. So, Dimitri, what did you think of Cisco's last chance to save the day? That, I think, was one of the few times during the episode when I was genuinely excited. For a second, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to kill Cisco? And for a second, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to kill Cisco through the Rainbow Raider in a blimp? Like, of all the times a character has said, not like this right before they die. That has never rung truer. Um, I, th- I thought it was, it was great to have Cisco have one last, like, Barry, I got this moment. Um, you know, just to, just to, you know, give his character some gravitas because he's not just been a, um, you know, comic relief character. He's also been... Barry's friend this whole time and Barry's, you know, brother in arms. He took over superhero duties when Barry went into the Speed Force. He and Wally held Central City down. 
So I do think that this uh, moment was good for him. Um, and uh, the I, I think the only moment of actual suspense for me beyond wondering when they were going to wrap up this, you know, as we've all said, very tired trope um, throughout the episode. I do agree. I like that Cisco had the hero moment. I mean, technically Barry had the hero moment because he saved like all the people. He was like thumping them out of the damn um, stadium. And I'm calling him Barry because Cisco screamed, Barry, I can handle this, when Rainbow Raider was like literally maybe five inches away on the blimp. I couldn't with that moment. But um but yeah, Cisco got the hero moment. He that this was his final mission. He wanted the OG team flash and uh he got the hero moment in in this episode, which I liked. I also like that, you know, subtly, you know, if you think back to, you know, Cisco Cisco started out as a mechanical engineer. Uh and how did he save the day by using his mechanical engineer skills to fix the broken system, get it working again and, and save everyone. So I like the fact that it, it wasn't a powers thing or anything like that. It wasn't, you know, the magic of CGI. It was realizing, hey, I can use this to fix that uh, and solve the problem. So I thought it was a, a good ending for Cisco. And, and like Dimitri, I did have that brief moment of they're not going to kill Cisco, are they? No, they, would, they wouldn't do that. Not in a blimp because of Rainbow Raider. Uh, but I did have that, that brief moment of, uh, of thinking, hmm, maybe. Oh, the humanity. Safely down on Earth, Chester gets a final debrief from Cisco, who asks him to keep the team safe. Uh, then it turns out there are two going away parties, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it may have been social distancing. It may mm-hmm. have been wanting to have certain groupings of actors together at the end. But we end up with Team Citizen, Iris, Allegra, Camilla, and later Cecile, having a refined going away with champagne, cheese, and fruit. While Team Flash, Barry, Caitlin, Cisco, and Joe have a slightly less refined party, singing a cleaned-up version of Poker Face, as a callback to the very first episode, uh, when uh, uh, Cisco blasted that song at Barry to, uh, to wake him up. Uh, Jeff, how did you feel about splitting the characters up, and how do you think it worked? So I do think this was a COVID consequence. A COVID quince? Is that what we've been calling it? Professor? It is. Okay. So I think that's why they did it. Thematically, maybe, it made sense because Camilla was always Team Citizen. So having Team Citizen do their own shindig kind of was appropriate. There was that whole storyline between Camilla and Iris. Is that being handled separately? I'm gonna... uh, I wasn't even going to mention it because I didn't care. Okay, there was that. Well, there was like a whole thing between Camilla and Iris, so that served as a means to uh, wrap that up by having them together at the end. Um, the, the whole thing with like the OG team plus Joe, but I guess Joe is part of the OG team, um, them doing it together was nice because it was the OG team flash. It was a callback to the pilot with poker face, poker face. So that was kind of fun. Um, also having Broadway actors sing horribly is always fun to see. Um, so yeah, that was fun, but what I was hoping for, and we didn't get it, and I doubt we're going to get it. There was the tease of your farewell breakfast at Jitters where all of us are going to get together. And there's a part of me that I, that would have loved to have seen maybe as the post credit scene, 
just them all together, you know, even if it's like a montage where they're just laughing or something, I think that would have been nice. Maybe they couldn't do it because of COVID. They also ended the episode in a certain way that sets up the next episode, so maybe that's why they didn't want to end it, you know, go from, like, happiness to darkness to happiness again. Um, I, I get that, but um, I, I think I would have enjoyed the farewell breakfast or brunch, whatever, at, at Jitters as the final scene with all of them together. Um, but once again, maybe COVID just forced them not to be able to do that. But I would think after so many episodes, because this is what the, um, what is it, Professor, the ninth episode of the season? Tenth? Eleventh? Twelfth? I think twelfth. Okay. So twelve episodes in, you would think everyone's tested, everyone's getting tested, and that sort of thing. Hell, maybe some of them might have even been vaccinated uh, by that point. That You would think that they would have been able to had more of the cast together. I feel like some of the other shows, uh, I'm thinking of Supergirl right now, where they were all on that spaceship, so they were all in one room together. And that was like a good, what, maybe six people? And, and they were all still together. I, I think they could have done it, but maybe they were just still trying to be a little careful. Uh, well, I I agree with you. I, I would have liked to see one last moment of everyone together. I will say in their defense, Candace Patton did like a Q&A over Instagram, and someone asked if she was vaccinated, and she said half. So... It may be that with the filming schedule and everything going on, they just, you know, did not have everyone vaccinated just yeah, yet. Okay. And so um, she, you know, she at least was half vaccinated. We don't know how everybody was, and maybe they just wanted to be cautious there. I do think, though, there there was a way to do it. You could have had them in a big room with everyone having their own little, like, conversations, like a party um, you know, just, uh, and then, you know, Cisco and like Camilla just sort of say, all right, guys, we're leaving. And, you know, everyone like waves or whatever, like, I feel like you could have done something to bring everyone together. I do think this was not a COVID quince. I think it was something to emphasize like, okay, there's team flash, but then there's also team citizen. Um, and that's, you know, that's a part of why I didn't want Camilla to go with Cisco is because, you know, um, I really do like that we do finally have the Central City Citizen. Um, and I do think, you know, if we're going to try and not have this show be too crowded, we are going to need storylines where, you know, there's like sub teams uh, doing things if this if this show is going to last. Um, so I. Uh, I think they were trying to, you know, sort of lend gravity to Team Citizen rather than having everyone say goodbye sort of in Star Labs or something. Um, but I do think, like, it, it was a little forgettable. You're right about Camilla leaving. It is a shame because they, they have been building up Team Citizen. And um, even though, like, when they announced that Carlos was leaving, I was like, well, Camilla's going to leave just because they're a couple. But I think they could have been creative and they could have kept Camilla in 
a central city, and, and I think they could have tried to have them have a long-distance relationship. And I'm using that in air quotes because clearly Carlos is, is leaving, so whatever appearances he might have in subsequent seasons will be minimal. But she could have been her. She could have been like their their sort of like you know the character that that's getting updates from Cisco and maybe oh Cisco mailed me some tech. Not that they can't still do that, but um, the the loss of the character that that they have sort of built up as a a member of Team Citizen is a little sad. Even though I mean let's be real, they haven't really given Camilla much to do outside of snapping a couple pictures sometimes, getting trapped in a mirror, and being Cisco's love interest. Uh, the main focus, obviously, as we've been saying, of the episode was saying goodbye to, uh, to Cisco, but there was a brief subplot, which was revisited in the stinger. Uh, Cecile was at the bank where the Rainbow Raiders struck, and when asked about it, she said she'd been investigating a case. But the stinger shows Cecile at home where she hears a creepy voice. And then when she looks in the mirror, she sees a golden mask staring back at her. I'm going to open this one up to the floor with what's up with that. Well, clearly it's set up for the next episode. Um, I don't know. I find it fascinating that they keep on giving Danielle Nicolette like the horror type of things. I mean, she does sort of scared really well, but I also loved the the toughness and and the look of um, I don't know what you would call assuredness. And when she looked at that person in the mirror, like, oh, I'm gonna get you. In my mind, she said, I'm going to get you, bitch. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I liked that because, uh, what was it? I think it was Dimitri many moons ago was like, oh, you know, they're kind of, you know, making Cecile a little too quirky, a little too too weak. And there was a sign of strength in that moment that I really liked. What this means, we'll find out in the next episode. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really know, but uh, it looks like it's going to be Cecile's hour in the next episode, and I'm here for that. It's been a moment since we've had really like a Cecile-centric episode. I'm trying to think if we've ever had a Cecile-centric episode. Maybe when she got powers for the first time, maybe. Uh, so it's been a moment. Uh, before we move on to the MVP section, were there any little moments, Easter eggs, little things that I didn't mention that you'd like to bring up? Oh, I do. I just have one thing. The one thing that really annoyed me in this episode was when Cisco had to bring up that stupid vision from Psych again, and he got all emo, and he was like, I had gray hair, and I was mentoring the next generation of heroes, and I hated it. I was like, oh, God. I, I understand, writers, you're trying to give justification to ask to why Cisco's leaving. It was a stupid reason then. It was a stupid reason now. I cringed at that just like I did when Cisco was like, I need to take the metahuman cure. It just made no damn sense, and it was just story for story and um it, it didn't work for me okay time for the mvp I state disagree. Which, oops. oh oh go ahead Sorry, i i was just gonna say i disagree i i don't know i i do feel that so i'm 30 years old and uh, <gasps> i do feel that you know i'm at a point in my life where there are some friends who are like really you know getting their careers together, settling down, having babies, this, that, and the third. And there are some friends who, like, have never wanted to admit that, like, we're not in college anymore or whatever. Um, and I do see sometimes when you're, like, getting all your all your old friends together, like, 
a little bit of that tension in like there are people who still want to live like you know sort of like collegey bachelory life and people who are moving on um and so i i found that much more sympathetic than um like his reason for giving up his powers which made no sense you know a couple seasons ago so i i thought that you know the dialogue was cringe but i thought the idea wasn't terrible i disagree because then that means you're saying that the whole team flash is them being collegey and that sort of thing and I don't see it that way. So I, I didn't I, make that. I don't either, but I, I do see how like he's, you know, he's maybe wondering like, okay, like, can I, can I be the tech, you know, just the star labs tech guy forever. It, I think it would have been better done if, you know, they brought into account like his finances or something or him and Camilla trying to buy a place and realizing they can't afford anything or something um, to, to like, highlight that maybe he needs more to, like, get him and his girl to the next stage and what they want for their lives. But I do think, like, it, it definitely could have been done better, but it was an interesting idea to explore. And I think, uh, you know, uh, not to speak for Dimitri, but I think, you know, uh, the subtext here is, you know, uh, as someone who's aging, you can relate to what Cisco is saying. You're probably terrified of going gray in this way that he did. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I check my hair in the mirror daily. Stay which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Dimitri, you've been away for a couple of weeks, so I'm going to go with Jeff because he didn't leave us high and dry for two weeks. Jeff, who is your MVP and why? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I get to make the obvious choice. So I'm going to give it to Cisco. Damn you, Professor. I know. I'm going to give it to Cisco. I'm Carlos Valdez. I mean, he'll be back, Dimitri. You can pick him in episode, the penultimate and the, the season finale. Um, you can pick him back to back if you want. Uh, I, I thought he did a good job with what he was given. Like clearly, we have some quibbles with the storyline. Could it been? Could it have been better? Probably. Um, but for what he was given, it was a fun throwbacky type of episode. It made us remember why we fell in love with the character of uh, Cisco Ramon. Hell, he gave free t-shirts to everybody, which was kind of cool. Um, but but Cisco got the chance to, or Carlos Valdez got the chance to really explore the gamut of emotions in this episode. And uh, it was a, a quirky, fun, slightly goofy episode of The Flash, but it, it kind of just harkened back to some of you know the, the great moments of The Flash in the past. And they did hark, you know, they did pull on the heartstrings in this episode. I, I thought they did a fantastic job with that um the um the montage towards the end of the episode of showing us kind of like Cisco's greatest hits and then him say saying farewell to the suit. I thought that was really well done by Carlos as well. So uh, clearly the obvious choice is Cisco Ramon for MVP. <laughs> Well, Dimitri, you got me feeling bad now. So because of the unusual nature of this episode, we are saying goodbye to an old friend. We are saying goodbye to a member of the OG Team Flash. Um, 
uh, in a way that we really haven't before. I am going to suspend the you can't vote for someone if they've already been chosen. So who is your MVP and why? I am going to choose my MVP as Cisco Ramon. Um, Carlos Valdez. Um, you know, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done on this show. Um, you know, uh, it, it's crazy because thinking back to my life when I first started watching this show, um, I remember, you know, like didn't have a lot of money, um, was in my first apartment. Um, you know, uh, and this was, you know, I, I didn't even have a TV. I was watching it like on my monitor, um, and this was something I looked forward to every week, and a large part of it was Carlos Valdez's joyous energy, and we appreciate you, man. We really do. Um, even as Barry's, you know, coming to terms with his powers, and at times, you know, going from, you know, quirky, you know, CSI guy to, you know, sort of lovesick puppy pining after Iris, um you sort of set the tone for the humorous nature of this show um when you're talking about like you are gonna need like this many tacos to maintain your energy unless we're talking sour cream and guac that's a whole nother calculation and like it, it was just great time after time after time um i just uh it, it was a pleasure to watch you man and um I think your character has navigated a lot, uh, a sort of father-son relationship with the Wells uh, back when the Wells were actually good characters. Um, You know, uh, uh, a love that will never be spoken of between Cisco and Caitlin. I Um, was just going to bring that up. (laughs) Navigating a friendship with Barry. Um, sort of stepping into the best friend role as Barry and Iris sort of navigate a new relationship between the two of them. Uh, your character has done a lot more than people realize. And it would have fallen flat, I think, if a lesser actor had been at the helm. Uh, so we appreciate you, man. And uh, we're going to miss your presence on this show. I have and honorable I'm gonna make mentions, it. but uh, I can do them after the professor picks. Because I have my, my shocking choice. Unlike the professor. Uh, I will also choose uh, Carlos Valdez. Uh, it's his last episode, you know, last officially, you know, we, yes, we know he's coming back for a couple of little episodes, but, but I just want to reiterate, you know, what you said, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, you know, one of the most important characters of the Arrowverse. He was the, absolutely the heart of Team Flash until, you know, the, you know, Paragon of Love made the whole thing about, uh, you know, love in the past couple of seasons. But really, for those first three seasons, Cisco was, you know, not just the humor, but the heart of the show. He was the one who held it all together. He was a, a really intelligent character who was, you know, solving problems and saving the world through intelligence rather than through superpowers. You know, he wasn't saving the world because he got lucky and got hit by dark matter. He was saving the world with his brain. And we got, as I said, a nice call back to that. Uh, in this episode, I don't necessarily agree with all the decisions the writers made uh, for Cisco's character as they went along, but he's always been, you know, uh, you know, a, a reliable source of, uh, of of fun and and heart for the show. And uh, I, yeah, much as they've tried to set up Chester to be his replacement, I don't see how you can replace a uh, character like Cisco Ramon. So he is my MVP. And Dimitri, you had an honorable mention. 
Yeah, I I have. Well, I'll, I'll save one. Uh, and but the one I want to bring up is Tom Cavanaugh. Um, what? Because I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a Dimitri and mention someone who wasn't even on the episode. But hear me out. Shout out to Forza. Um, <laughs> shout out to Forza. Um, a lot of what brought dimension to Cisco's character was his interaction with the Wellses, um, especially in seasons one and two, where he's sort of navigating a father-son relationship that's ultimately betrayed um, with Wells Thawne, um, to sort of re-navigating that same relationship with actual but cranky Wells. That, I think, really made Cisco go from you know, humor, comic relief to uh, a three-dimensional character that we really felt for in those moments. Um, and I think got to highlight the depth of Carlos Valdez's acting ability, not just as, you know, uh, comic, you know, sort of quick ha-ha moments, but, you know, these those deeply emotional moments as well. Um, Tom Cavanaugh is also leaving the show at think he's probably already left i think there's sort of an indication that that was his goodbye um but the great work that these two did together i think um is something that we could easily overlook but we we deeply benefited from in in terms of cisco's character development Okay, it's time now to rate the episode. How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. And if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Dimitri, how would you rate this episode? I'll give it an 8. You know, the trope was lazy and poorly done. Uh, But this episode felt so much better. um, And harking back to the early seasons... Um, in a way that so many episodes lately really haven't. Um, the Forces storyline was phenomenally bad. Uh, so I, I think this was the best episode in a, in a while. Um, but still, you know, I, I'm longing for more of the quality of the early season. So I'm, I'm going to stay at an eight. Uh, Jeff, how would you rate the episode? All right. I've been going back and forth in my head about it. And I'm a Gemini, so I'm allowed to do that. Um... If this was like a regular episode, like a non-Cisco Goodbye episode, I probably would give it like a seven and a half. But because it's Cisco's farewell, it does it does get in it gets inflated a little bit. Um, I, I will co-sign. This was probably the best episode of the season in a moment. Um, I think the other really good episode of the season, interestingly enough, was a Cisco episode. It was when Cisco and Chester go back in time. Um, so I think this, this has been the best episode since that one. Um, I had I have a couple little problems with the episode, a couple little quibbles. Uh, the, the episode was a little cringy at times, but the overall heart of the episode and uh, the overall uh, emotion was there. The throwbackiness of the episode was really good. And the lighter moments, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, actually worked really well as well. So I'm going to bump it up to, I'll say an 8.25. 
Uh, I'm going to agree with Dimitri. I think it was about an eight. It was it was a good episode for this season, but, you know, not a patch on, uh, you know, uh, when the show was in its first few seasons. Um, but still, uh, you know, it, it shows that that the, the writers and the actors are capable of, of doing better when they're given more to work with, uh, when they stop being quite so doom and gloomy uh, and have a little more fun with it. And uh, and one can only hope that continues. Uh, although certainly the stinger did not suggest that the next episode is going to be fun in any way. Ah, so join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Starting with Dimitri. Good night, Central City. And Jeff. Good night, Central City. Cecile, you in danger, girl. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papa Radio Archives. Good night.